on this episode of American Reef, we've got the first of a two-part series where we're sitting down and talking with Shane, the owner of SBB Corals. If you're not familiar with SBB Corals, basically they are the most beautiful high-end type of corals for sale on the internet. What's really cool about this conversation with Shane is you'll start to pick up on his basically openness and honesty um, basically with his highs and lows and it's something that is not common you know with you know again high-end coral growers because a lot of times you'll hear about all the good stuff right and none of the bad and we know we learn from the bad right um, so again I, I find that very refreshing the other thing that is really cool is the fact that Shane is relatively new to the hobby meaning you know like Mike Paletta, Sanjay and all those guys they've got decades into this hobby but for Shane he's only been into it for five six years and so what that means is for you new hobbyists you don't need to spend decades to have those kind of beautiful corals and tanks right you can do it yourself and one of the reasons why he's been very successful obviously he follows those recipes of those palettas of the world right of the sanjays of the world the people who have done it for for decades and laid down that foundation now the way that i started off this interview is i asked shane hey are, are you a hobbyist right and rather than hear from me let's hear what shane has to say um, so yeah i'm a i'm gonna i'm a reef keeper um i love you know collecting different types of corals I love, you know, trying to find new stuff, um, you know, whether that's tenuous or SPS or mushrooms or ghanis, you know, we're also, you know, we constantly are learning about new species and then, you know, we want to collect all of those. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're basically a hobbyist that has turned into, you know, almost like a business. Um, you know, we started, I would say, about six years ago um, with a little bio cube. And, you know, now we're pretty much running like a full-blown online uh, coral business, um, you know, where we, we sell from our private collection and, you know, really just started to, to feed the hobby. And, you know, now it's, it's basically taking us, um, you know, pretty mainstream um, with thanks to, you know, the internet and everything going on online. Yeah, I was going to say mainstream because like to me, mainstream, you know, you get in the hobby, you have worldwide corals, right? Right. Well, to me, you are up there with top shelf with worldwide, right? And and it's just funny because again, to your point, you're a hobbyist that has all kind of really cool, unique shit, right? Just to kind of you know cut to it. Hot, like from from your side of it, what was the first thing that kind of got you hooked into the 
Was it the colors, motion? What was the, what made, what made it, you know, again, tick for you? Yeah, no, I mean, we always wanted a tank. I mean, you know, obviously growing up and moving around, like you're, you know, when you're a kid, I mean, you're not really thinking about staying home and having a tank and then you go to, you know, college and then you move and then you get an apartment and then you move again. And then you, you know, you, you, you just, you want this tank, but you're always moving around. So I always wanted to, to try a saltwater tank. I always, you know, love freshwater fish. You know, I used to breed them when I was younger. And, you know, once I, I basically got my first house, it gave me the opportunity to get, you know, a small tank. And then from there, you know, it's just exploded. I mean, we just love the colors, the chemistry, you know, we just love the, it's almost like a casino because you never really know what you're going to get next, you know, <laughs> whether it's an amazing coral or whether you're going to get like a nutrient spike or whether you're going to ship a package and it's going to be delayed in the mail. And it just, we're just addicted to all of that. And it's just been a, a wild ride over the last couple of years. <laughs> Well, to your point, right, you've got some awesome stuff. Right? I mean, Paletta is always, you know, again, he's salivating every wow, time. He's like, hey, you. man, Shane's got this over there. Oh, well, actually, before we get into that, um, what if people want to see your stuff, what, what, what's the best? Is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? What is it? Is it a website? What do you, you know, what's the best way to see your stuff? So probably the best way to see our stuff is through our Instagram account. It's uh, SBB Corals. Uh, we also are very, very active on Facebook, SBB Corals. Uh, we also have a very active reef to reef thread. Uh, it's called a high end tenuous hoarder thread. And we basically go through all of our methods. Um, we also have a YouTube channel. It's also SBB Corals. So pretty much any social media platform, we're just starting to get onto TikTok. We know that that's going to be the new, probably one of the new channels. Um, so anywhere you're you're currently familiar with whatever social media you like to be on, if you do a search for SBB corals, you'll you'll find us. And typically it's that black logo with the SBB white letters. That's how you can identify that it's our page. And is that also the uh, web address, sbbcorals.com? Yes. So the website is www.sbbcorals.com. Okay. So that makes it simple, right? <laughs> Yeah, because I was just picturing, you know, when I mentioned Mike, you know, and he's always looking at the stuff and, and salivating. It was one of those things. I, I do a very bad job sometimes of letting people know how to see what we're talking about, right? So at least we got that out of the way, right? Yeah, a lot of them. Um, you mentioned Mike. It's funny because I think I met him uh, on the Facebook uh, groups. You know, there's a lot of specialized reef-to-reef -reef groups, you know, whether it's, you know, the SPS frag swap group or the, you know, Ghanapur group and now BRS has a huge Facebook group with like 64,000, you know, followers. And that's really how I got started, you know, selling corals is, is in those Facebook groups. And I know, you know, Mike obviously within those groups and not, you know, just posting pictures, you know, you connect with a lot of, a lot of people online and that's really how we started. And, and do you find, do you have enough cycles in the day to like, communicate with all the different kind of we'll say social platforms because you know there's one shame right versus thousands of you know again aquarists no then it's a good point and i think that that really comes down to you know just the passion of being in the hobby i mean when when you know, someone it's really all about this so unfortunately you know this cell phone right here um everything channels right to the cell phone so 
you know, you just, you look at your cell phone, most people are browsing their cell phone and all the pings kind of pop up and we answer there. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, every, you know, morning for like an hour, you know, we just, we try to hit all the platforms, you know, just seeing, you know, whether it's reading up on, you know, what the newest, you know, trend is, or, or if someone made a discovery in, you know, a new parameter or the way that they test something in their tank, you know, we're just hungry for all that information. So it, it just kind of naturally flows through. <laughs> okay. So to that point, um, with, with your, with, with the corals that you've got, like I said, to me, you, you, how can I say this? You have places like Worldwide Corals, you have Top Shelf, right? They're on those social medias, right? That, again, they show these beautiful corals, right? Which is cool, right? Um, but that's where it normally kind of ends. You used to have like an educational series on maybe Instagram or something like that. Do you still have that? So what we try to do is during the day, um, we do get a lot of questions, obviously, about how we keep our parameters. Um, and we really do want to help. I mean, we want to see the hobbyists really thrive with this with these corals, you know, that's our biggest compliment is when someone else posts, you know, like an SBB coral, and then we see it growing and flourishing. I mean, that's our, our biggest, you know, thank you. Um, and we just love seeing that. So we want to help and we get questions. So sometimes on our Instagram stories, you know, during our daily routine, we'll just kind of film around, you know, what we're doing, you know, whether it's our dip procedures or our lighting schedules or, we just had something where we set up a new like 600 gallon tank and just how we get the parameters up. You know, at one video we dosed like 300 mil of alkalinity and, you know, it, just like the next day, like the alk went straight down again. It's because, you know, we put like 600 or probably put like a thousand pounds of live rock in a new tank. And we, we just, we showed how the tank has to absorb you know, all of these nutrients and become saturated with them before, you know, the readings start going up. So we just kind of walked everyone through that. Uh, that was on an Instagram story. So we do share, we share it on all platforms, honestly. You'll see it on Facebook, Instagram, Reef to Reef. Um, if you're on social media, you should see some aspect of our, our routine and videos that way. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, again, I, I try to focus on the new hobbyists, right? the guys just getting into it. And to me, providing them those resources are always just an important thing, right? Because obviously everybody has different ways of doing things and everybody's different ways can be successful. So, you know, what we, what, one of the channels we really want to focus, let's start building again, if we have more time, but, you know, it's YouTube. I mean, if you look at our YouTube channel, a lot of the stuff uh, that is, has been in our past sales will shoot videos of the actual frags. We've uploaded a lot of those on YouTube. Um, but now it's weird, you know, YouTube, if the video is not a minute long, it'll come up as a short. So if you're taking a quick 25 second video from your cell phone, it won't show up on, it's weird where it shows up. Um, so yeah, we're trying to get longer videos. And with that, we do want to document a lot of what we mentioned in YouTube. So you can go back and reference it where a lot of the Instagram stories, if you're not looking at it within that 24 hours, like it's gone. So we're right. going to capture that for, you know, people who want to research more and more and go back. And right. Stuff. Good deal. So, okay. So now how long have you been in the hobby in general? So in general, I think it was six years ago. And, you know, time goes by so quick that it feels like it was two years ago. But on my Facebook uh, wall, 
there's a story that came up and it said, you know, this picture from six years ago. And that was the first little bio cube, 30 gallon bio cube that I got. So yeah, it was about six years ago. So how does one person, and again, I've been doing this since, you know, early 2000s, maybe the video is 2007, right? But how do you go from a bio cube, right? Six, year ago, six years ago into those massive, beautiful systems and the corals that you've got, I mean, you know, you got to be humping to get there that quick, right? So, I mean, how did that? How did that go? How, you know, if you're a new hobbyist, and I guarantee you, there's somebody looking and going, "Oh, I want to be like that dude," right? You know. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's you know, I, I guess you can say uh, it's just a pure addiction. You know, pure addiction. You know, I think it's just collecting. I mean, it first started honestly with tenuous. It was searching out and collecting tenuous, coloring it up. To me, that's like the ultimate addiction for me. Um, is is finding more and more and new and new tenuous. And just as it, this thing exploded, you know, I started collecting more and more. So I needed to to get more and more uh, tanks. Um, I think also having the, the available space to expand that fast also. I mean, I know a lot of people are limited on space. We actually just redid our, our basement and turned it into like, you know, our warehouse. And it, it was, it helped us with, you know, setting up all the tanks. And also my wife, I mean, she let me do it all. You know, she kind of like, you know, she gives me pressure. I'm sure a lot of people have the same, you know, oh, my wife doesn't like what this hobby. I'm always doing it. She's been really supportive uh, you know, during this whole hobby. And that's actually one of the reasons why I'm able to keep expanding uh, this way is, you know, with her support in all this. You know, it's funny. A lot of people minimize that. But to your point, the more more people that I talk to, I like talk to Paletta, talk to Sandra, talk to any of them. Right. And they all have that key element where, again, the wife supports because the ones that the wife don't support, they're divorced, right? They're gonna. Wow. Okay. Oh wow, is that crazy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like I mean, I don't really gamble that much, you know. Right. Um, but I joke around with all my friends, you know. I'm like, man, this is like the coral casino because you just don't know what's gonna happen next, you know, whether it's a power outage or you're gonna find like the newest tenuous that no one's found, you know. It's like you just never know what this hobby. Right. Okay, so to that point, tenuous is you, right? You love them, you're addicted to tenuous, right? If um, in general, as far as growing corals, which corals do you like to grow versus, because, you know, growth and looking are two different things, right? Uh, so, you know, from your side, you know, what, do you, what do you like to look at versus grow versus, you know, recommend to the new hobbyists, you know, that kind of thing? That's a tough one, but... um. You know, it used to be tenuous. It used to be, wow, this is the greatest thing. I mean, but, you know, just a little story. I mean, everybody knows this happens and, you know, it happens to me and everyone out there. You know, we had our 30-gallon biocube. We had the thing packed with tenuous. Everything was thriving. And then something happened, you know, lost right. 60% of it. And, and it was a little biocube, you know. And I said, right. man, this is, uh, this is crazy. You know, you spend so much time and money and effort, like, trying to get this – I don't know what it was. I mean, maybe it was a peel, whatever it was, you know, it happened. Um, and then that, that did two things. One, we said, you know, we need a second backup tank. We need two systems. Cause if this happens, we want to try to at least minimize that risk. And what also uh, happened is we said, man, we gotta, 
start collecting other types of corals. Because if we're collecting all tenuous and it all dies, well, now we have nothing to look at. And again, it comes down to diversity and you know, minimizing that risk. So we love growing and we love looking at all corals now. I mean, it's hard to tell you that there's one type over the other. You know, we first started collecting tenuous. Then all of a sudden we got the torch bug. So we started collecting torches. And now, you know, we have a whole tank set up with torches. And then, oh, ghanis are, are easy to take care of. So now we have a whole tank set up to ghanis and then all mushrooms. And then we started collecting only mushrooms. So, you know, like I said, it, we like them all. Zoes, zoes were a big one. You know, a lot of people, when they first got to know SBB corals, it was because of the zoos that we put out, you know, and then all these zoos, like we put out um, a few, like the Marvin the Martian was one of them, the Hephaestus, which no one can pronounce. Um, they pronounce it hepatitis. And anyone who knows about that zoo knows what I'm talking about. Um, there's the Oscar the Grouch, you know, there's so many zoos. But what happened was we had some issue and all of our zoos died. So, you know, we had to, okay, wow. So, you know, that's why we, we haven't put out any, any zoos for a while. Um, we're, you know, we've now started collecting them back and, you know, we'll be releasing some again. But, you know, once the zoos died, it was like, oh, no. Then we started focusing more on tenuous. And then people said, oh, who's this tenuous SBS guy? S, you know, who's this SBB corals with tenuous? We're known, they're known for zoos. You know, and now it's like, oh, they're known for, for zoos. I thought they were only known for SBS. So it's just, it constantly is, is evolving. But yeah, I mean, back to your question. I mean, we love looking at them all and, you know, we don't, can't tell you there's one over the, over the other. It's funny because that's how you know you're a true addict. You're talking to Valetta <laughs> and I always, I'm always asked, you got to love something better than another. He's like, I love them all. Right. And it, and it really does. It can be a singularity to, to, you know, again, some kind of, you know, off the wall SBS and you just addicted them all. So, I mean, this is going to sound like bizarre too, but like now, you know, we got the zoos, the mushrooms, whatever, like we just got a bunch of cloves, you know, we've never had cloves before. And, you know, we just got a, a lot of variety of cloves. So we're, we're really excited to see now how, you know, how those grow and how those color up and, you know, what kind of pictures we can take of those. So right. you'll start to see some cloves coming out, um, which is probably the lower end of the, you know, of the high end spectrum. But it just goes to show you that there's there's always something else that you can start collecting and, and start appreciating in this hobby. Yeah, very much so, right? Okay, so you, you've gone obviously through the highs and lows. You know, from your side of it, what are you doing now to try to minimize like the oops, right? You know, things are starting to die off, right? Um, just because I know dealing with top shelf or whoever, right? They, they go through painstaking measures to make sure that a not only the corals that they get right and keep are you know disease free, healthy, etc. But then they want to make sure that person at the other end who's buying that coral has a great experience with it and it you know again that they can chop it up and you know give it to their friends and that kind of thing right so what do you do from that side of it you know again to, to make sure that you don't get bit by that it was like uh, that was like five questions in one so we'll see how <laughs> the answer goes but um so yeah i mean it's you know again diversification um just having multiple types of coral so if one dies i mean so there's there's two ends of this conversation now it's tough because there's you know there's the hobbyist side and then there's the you know now being like 
a business side, right? Like how do you do that as a business and how do you do that as a hobbyist? You know, I mean, the first one is as a hobbyist, how do you do that? You know, it's, it's, it's tough because you might only have one tank, you know, you might have one tank and, and it might not be that big, you know, the bigger the tank, the more stability. So those swings or whatever that is might happen less. Um, but a lot of people, you know, they, they have a tank that's, you know, 90 gallons and it's their only tank. And that's a tough question, you know, for, for them, I think for them is try to minimize the amount of changes that you do is really, really minimize the amount of changes. Um, and I hate to say it. I mean, you're going to have to do a lot of research. You're going to have to see what works and what doesn't work. But once you find something that does work, like if you're growing SPS, right? Like I see hobbyists growing SPS for three or four years and their SPS looks great and it looks really good. And then they say, Shane, what's your routine? And then I, I'm like almost hesitant to tell them because I don't want them to change anything. Um, so I've seen people, you know, grass is green on the other side. They want to change something. I got to tell you, if your SPS is looking good, don't change a thing. Just let it grow. <laughs> and let it, let it be, let it be stable. Um, another big one for, for those, you know, hobbyists is your RODI, you know, how you make your, your water, because I see a lot of people like my TDS out of the tap is 250. Some people have, you know, well water, whatever it is, that to me is one of the most important aspects of reef keeping is being all over your RODI machine and here's what I mean by that. Most people, and if you do research on this, you know, whether it's a company that's selling these products, they say that the membranes can last every year or two. That is absolute BS. We change our membrane every single two months. And I think that there's something in the, t the, the, the water, even if it reads a zero TDS, there's something getting through that can contaminate your system. People might think I'm crazy and they, they do think I'm crazy when I tell them this, but I've gone. And so just, you know, I know, okay, well, how many gallons are you changing, right? I mean, we're changing a lot. We're probably changing, you know, a, a thousand gallons a month, right? We're burning through our, our, our machine. So we change our membrane pretty much every six weeks. Um, but even those people who have, and we have a dual membrane, 150 gallons, but even those people who have, you know, the, the smaller version, I think it's, you know, 50 or hundred gallons a day, you see they're selling that those membranes, you can keep them on for two years. When I was using the small one, if I let it go more than eight weeks, it would still show zero TDS, but I would see like the SPS would start to lose polyps. And then after a while, every water change I would do over that period, they would just get like this dry look. And I'd say, oh, I did it again. You know, I, I, I changed my membrane. It's been three or four months. So I'll go back, I'll gut the whole, you know, system, change the membrane, the carbon block, everything. And then I'll do a water change and everything starts looking good. I can't explain what that is, but for the new hobbyists out there, that is the number one thing is you have to be all over how you make your own water. Do not buy water from any, I know this is, probably not a good thing to say, but don't buy waters from any local fish stores. If you want to be serious in this hobby, how do you know how often they're going to change their membrane? You don't know. Right. 
You don't know. So you have to control as much as you can. And it starts with making your own water. So that's the number one thing for businesses and for hobbyists. Um, the second thing for hobbyists is, you know, I believe having a quarantine system because, you know, again, when you're a hobbyist and you have a 90 gallon system and you're packing it with, let's say torches, you know, if you get a torch that has flatworms, you're, they're very easy to beat, but you're, you're going to have your corals on your rocks. So if you have an infestation, you're not going to be able to beat it unless you cut the coral off the rocks, which is a devastating thing because you're loving the aquascape. You don't want to do that. So having a quarantine system, um, you know, is very important. Even if, you know, again, you have a 90 gallon system, go get yourself a bio cube. Very easy quarantine. You can, you know, do that. So just minimizing, you know, anything you're putting in your tank, whether it's pests or, you know, whether it's Aptasia, I mean, we all get Aptasia, we all get algae, um, but if you have it in a quarantine tank, you could try to treat it there before you put it into your main system. So the second thing would be, uh, you know, getting a quarantine tank. The third thing is becoming very good with your test kits, I guess. There's such a, a like, I mean, we're crazy now. We have four systems, we test out calc, mag, NO3, PO4, salt, we test them every single day on four separate systems. You'll see in one of the videos, I, I zoom in on like the, like the chart of the testing. Um, so you can see it all. So testing is very important. Uh, we send in Triton tests every single week, which is probably overkill, but for you hobbyists, um, you gotta do it once a month. You know, you're, you're already investing so much money in these tanks, you gotta do it once a month. Testing is big. The third thing for hobbyists that is very important is what are you dosing? How are you dosing? And are you testing what you're dosing? Because, you know, one of the things that we early on failed with was, and our tanks look great, but I think this is one of the reasons why one of them ended up crashing, which was a full-blown SPS system. We're, we're using ABCD, you know, reef uh, dose elements, which is really, really a good product any of those products are good, but the problem is, is they're extremely, extremely easy to overdose. Um, whatever the recommended dosage is on the bottle, it's way too much, way too much. And if you're going to use that stuff, you have to send a tray and test in every single two weeks. The main reason why is because some of these things that we're testing for, you can't test on a test kit. Perfect example of it is iodine. Iodine is one thing that is critical for a reef tank and most reefers that they say, oh, we have a problem. It's either one of two things. It's iodine or it's your RODI system is just old. But iodine, if your iodine is zero or 10 or 15, your corals are gonna really, really suffer. So what do people do? They start dosing iodine. It's also really easy to overdose iodine um, so once your iodine is over 90, you're overdosed. The problem with iodine is you cannot test it with a test kit. If you, if anyone out there has figured out a good iodine test kit, let us know, post it in the comments, whatever you want to do, but let us know. So the third thing is testing, is testing right and is knowing what your parameters are, especially if you're dosing those ABCD for red, with, you know, red C, because you, how do you know what all your, your elements are going to be too high. That's, that's the thing. You're going to crash your tank. You're not going to know what it is. Your element's going to be too high. So th those are three things. We can go back to more later on. Um, Russ, I'll, I'll 
kind of yeah yep yeah. <laughs>